0: Talk Radio.
1: You are listening to Roll the Quadcast, a Blogger So Dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger So Dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest athletics. Welcome to yet another edition of Roll the Quadcast. My name is Riley Johnston, and I am happy to be back after a short week hiatus. But have no fear, the ever-trusty, noble steed, Rob Reinhardt, was able to lock it down for us last week and do a bit of a monologue show where he uh, went on for about 30 to 45 minutes on a variety of topics, and I thought he did quite a good job. Um, Rob, how are we doing today?
0: Oh, we are doing fine, and as a uh, only child, I'm used to talking to myself so don't worry about it it was It was perfectly fine enjoyed doing it uh did my best calling coward and uh but but excited to be back uh for a a two man pod this week
1: absolutely and the the best news is that we've done the past few weeks uh, talking about a lot of stuff, but there was no actual game action, um, and this week we can actually bring you analysis on a, a football game that Wake Forest played in, and we were able to go ahead and get a very good season opening win over the Presbyterian Blue Hose to get to 1-0 and on the season. Uh, I think overall, Wake Forest looked quite impressive in their 51-7 to victory. Um, obviously, with any season opener, there are going to be a few kinks, but I believe that this was a, an excellent first game to get all of the new guys the redshirt freshmen and the freshmen who were playing as well as the football uh, I believe we had three new football coaches coaching for the first time uh, for Wake Forest and given the Guns and Roses show the, Wake Forest was an, unable to scrimmage in bb so this was the first live action in the stadium that they were able to get to. Uh, Rob what were your overall uh, initial impressions of Wake Forest 51-7 to victory on Thursday night? I, I think initial impressions are the offense.
0: I know caveat it's Presbyterian, um, but I, I think the offense actually looked really good. We we scored at at will in in the first half, really the entire time. That uh, either John Wolford or uh, Kendall Hinton was was playing quarterback, and we we moved it very efficiently, methodically. Didn't think we got really into any. Difficult third downs that we had to convert stayed on schedule and and really didn't have many penalties defensively. Um, You know, I think Presbyterian's weakness all over the board, but especially on offense, uh, sort of might have masked some deficiencies. But overall, um, you know, I was was very um,
1: happy with what I saw on Thursday night absolutely and I agree with that I, I think that assessment's pretty spot on uh, I was excited to see that we were able to move the ball at will and even though it is Presbyterian and you know, obviously that's a pretty big caveat um, there have been times in the past where we've been unable to move the ball uh, effectively and efficiently against Division 1 AA or now FCS teams and while Tulane last year the season opener Tulane was a much better team than Presbyterian uh, we won that game 7-3 to three, so it's a much better feeling to know that we are able to hang some points up on a team even if they are not necessarily up to the level of play that this next week's opponent boston college will be Um, but kind of diving into the numbers a little bit on um this game it, it was John Wolford to start and start he he did and he did a very good job he had 15 passes 11 completions for 107 yards and three touchdowns including a beautiful uh dart across the middle to Cam Serenier who extended his uh catching a game streak to 37, which is the longest in uh, the country. And after Wolford came off, he uh, led way to Kendall Hinton, who also was impressive. He went seven of eight from uh, the field and went 124 yards and two touchdowns, including a bomb to redshirt freshman Greg Dorish, who we will touch on in just a little bit. But um, overall, just kind of looking at Hinton and Wolford, that, that, that question tends to remain there. And, and I don't think that this week, necessarily change anything. I think it'll be Wolford's game, and and Coach Clausen has said that he doesn't need Wolford to be looking over his shoulder, but it is certainly does not hurt to have two capable quarterbacks. Um, and another thing that we're looking at here, too, is the running game, which was a lot better on Thursday night. We ran as a team 45 times for uh, 254 yards. Once again, it was against Presbyterian, but it was good to see Arkeem Berg get his first action there. Uh, what was your thoughts on the backfield and the quarterback and backfield Overall, do, do you think Wolford, uh, how did he look in your opinion? Do you think he will maintain his starting job? And also give your thoughts on the running back situation where Bird maybe stuck out as the, the third back with that change of pace. And uh, I think we're setting up for for a, a better year in the backfield. Yeah, I think the
0: backfield is going to be going to be more exciting. And, and this is one of the things that, that we've talked about um, sort of previously is we're now returning players, in Cade Cardi and Matt Colburn, who who we knew what we were getting, uh, but with the addition of Bird, uh, obviously he was on the team last year, but but um, redshirted. You know, it's it's really just a lot of upside, and that 51 yard run that he had. I know again Presbyterian. I, I, I I'll try not to say that too many times. <laughs> the Presbyterian caveat, but All right. You know, but you know Bird he's the only player on our roster who can make that run, at least the running back. Um, And and that's exciting to see. And even if that's a 40-yard run against a a better opponent, um, that's still far more explosiveness than we had in the running game last year. I know Carney had that big run against Duke. We we had a a few other big runs. But I I think the prospect of our team bird um, is very exciting as far as the quarterback position. Um, I I agree. I thought both looked looked really good. Both looked better than they had um, at at any point last season. Um, Wolford, you could you could see he was quickly making reads, getting the ball out to space, and then I think our our playmakers did a nice job. That was a really nice throw to Serenay. Uh, I'm not sure how great of a decision it was to be honest. <laughs> well, it it, it worked <laughs> out pretty well, but but it it was a a tight window, but. Um, definitely exciting to see because I do think our defense is going to take a step back this year um, that our offense was able to, to really move the ball at, week, at ease and, and at will against, against Presbyterian in, in week one.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and I think just to kind of close out the backfield talk, because I think we have three very capable backs with Cade Carney, um, Matt Colburn, and Arkeem Bird. Something that we didn't talk a lot about is that the fact that Isaiah Robinson is back, and he carried 12 times for 49 yards, so if we're looking at somebody to step in there and possibly save Christian Beal um, eligibility this year, that that's something that we can continue to watch moving forward, because if he's the fourth... Uh, running back there and the staff doesn't feel like they need to uh, burn Christian Beal's red shirt because they like what they have in Bird Bur- in and Arkeem Bird uh, and the two guys in front of him then then it, it- Isaiah Robinson becomes a very important guy uh, as far as roster preservation uh, on the redshirting side with Christian Beal so that'll be something interesting to watch moving forward um, but kind of looking at the receiving too now uh, we we, we- really want to touch on Greg Dortch first because the redshirt freshman, he was on red alert last year. He had a, he had some games I think where coach Clausen maybe wanted to pull that red shirt, but he held out and, and we should reap the benefits for four years now for Mr. Dortch. Um, he, he had four catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. He had a kick return, uh, in the opening kick of the second half that he took to the house but it was called back due to holding um i I thought there was a hold on that play but i'm not sure how much it actually impacted it but just from a kind of a side weird note this is the second straight game that wake forest had taken a kick back against presbyterian that's gotten called back due to holding so i don't know if there's a we're just cursing we played them on special teams or what that situation is but George looked phenomenal, and I think he and Tabari Hines are going to partner to make some some spectacular speed plays for Wake Forest. Rob, what did you see in Greg George that really excited you uh, for not just this year, but probably moving forward?
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought Greg George was really exciting. One thing I I forgot to point out in the running back, so I apologize, was that uh, you mentioned our, our team. Bert, Matt Colburn only had two carries. Uh, the other yep. day. Now, now I know we, we weren't necessarily maybe going with the exact rotation, we'll go with moving forward, but um, I, could, I could see Byrd beating out Colburn for the, for the second running back spot before too long. So, uh, again, maybe just some precautionary things with Colburn, but, but that was my takeaway there. But uh, great Dorch, unbelievably exciting. Uh, this guy's a burner, and, and I think, um, you know, outside of being, well, one thing I will say, I, I think he can do a really good job uh, catching the ball in the slot, get it. It doesn't even have to be that hard of a throw. Uh, then he can make guys miss. I think he can set up really good situations um, on on first on first down. That that can get us second and short. Maybe set up some play action to take some shots later. Uh, I think he can get get behind defenders for some over the top passes. Uh, and, and another thing that really excites me. Obviously, you mentioned the, the kickoff return. He had a number of, of good punt returns as well. His first one was very good. Um, so that that can you know make it a lot easier uh, on our offense as well if they're in good field position. So I, I'm very excited. Obviously, it worked out very well with the decision to uh, to redshirt him last year because we we still made a bowl. We still uh, won that bowl game, and we got to preserve an entire year of eligibility for Greg Dort. So um, I, I also liked what I saw out of, out of Hines as well. So I think being able to to put those two in. Um, honestly, I'd like to see them both on the field at the same time and some four wide receiver sets. I, I think it could make for some, uh, you know, very exciting offense that we haven't seen in a long time. And I'd like to see him get the ball in some reverses or, or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out just again how basic everything Wake Forest did was. I don't think we ran outside the tackles on a design play. I know obviously a running back might have gotten outside and run there, but almost everything we called was straight up the middle. Our pass plays seemed to not have a lot of audibles, and we worked a lot on tempo, which is something that I think we have wanted to see for the last two or three years, but we just didn't have the personnel or the guys who had been in the program long enough to run it. But I thought we ran tempo very well, and uh, there were several comments from Al Groh and the play-by-play guy on the success that we were having. Once again, Presbyterian, I understand, but these are these are things that are going to carry over and, and seem to be optimistic. Do you think the tempo is something that we would try to keep doing on a consistent basis, or do you think we'll kind of throw it in there in spurts?
0: I think we want to do it. Um, you know, Clawson always talks about, about tempo a lot. He even talks about it in, in practice, and I think this is just something – where it's taken some time in terms of developing the getting getting the players he wants developing the players, to, you know continuing to to learn and understand the offense that's been in it for several years um so i think this is definitely something he wants to do and it's not necessarily get in in snap it fast though you definitely saw that a lot but i think it's being able to get up and then you know you force the defense pretty much to stay in the same personnel that they're in so you can create some um, advantageous matchups, and, and then just continue to exploit those. So I think, you know, it's it's exciting. And yes, uh, you know, I know we mentioned the opponent a thousand times by now, but but again, we have not been able to do this previously against any opponent. So the fact that we're able to see this um, is is very exciting. And and I think it says, you know, a lot that that Clawson trusts the team uh, to run with with this kind of um, System. So, if we're going to go against some, some really good defensive lines uh, in in the future, uh, you know, I think this could be a way to combat it. You know, maybe not have as as much pressure coming at you. So, um, you know, we'll see how we continue to respond moving forward. Maybe we're not going to be able to do this against a really good uh, defense in Boston College, but we might also be able to wear them out in doing it. So, I you know, I think it presents some problems to a lot of opposing defenses.
1: Yeah, and I I think I agree with you as well. This isn't something that we just want to do in spurts. I think that tempo is what we want to make ourselves – our offensive philosophy known for. Um, and obviously we've had a lot of problems, not just in anyone fastened on offense, but really all across the board from the <laughs> line to the personnel over the last few years. So something definitely needs to change. And I, I do know that from watching Dave Clawson at uh, Bowling Green and even some of his uh, games before that, he, he does like to get into up-tempo offenses, run those reverses, extend the to the perimeter and the boundary and, and get out there. So I think that as far as what we saw this, past Thursday, uh, we will open up the playbook a lot against Boston college, especially given the, um, the need that we have to win this game. Quite frankly, this is a very, very big football game and it'll be interesting to see if we continue to use that tempo as a weapon on offense. Um, let's talk a little bit about the defense before we move ahead to the Boston college game completely um just taking a look at the stats here it looks like cam glenn led the team in tackles with six and then we had some other guys that were spread in there as well boogie basham uh, had five tackles up front jesse bates continues to show why he uh, is uh one of the better safeties in the acc and college football he had a forced fumble and five tackles one guy that really stuck out to me so we know the defensive line is extremely talented duke as we know what we're getting out of him we know zeke rodney had a great comeback after his year off he had two tackles loss a sack and he did a lot of stuff that wasn't even in the uh, stat sheet in terms of getting in the backfield early and blowing up plays but you look at the linebacker position where we currently have Demetrius Kemp, Jabori Williams and Grant Dawson but there's not in my opinion you know where you're getting out of Williams you kind of know what you're getting out of Kemp and Dawson but behind them you don't really know what's going on and that was a big question but Redshirt sophomore Justin Sternod really stood out to me uh, not only on the interception but as far as making explosive plays into the backfield he had four total tackles, two for loss and an interception. What were your initial impressions with the defense overall and do you think that a guy like Justin Sternod is he going to be able to really contribute and help out there? Um, It's probably going to make you sound
0: like a a hater. I I know we only gave up, up seven points but uh, the defense for me left a little bit to be desired. Um, maybe it's because we're we're playing some of our base stuff, and I, and I mostly mean that uh, in the second half when, in pretty much all second and third string players at that point. Um, but I I think that does give us some cause for concern if there are some injuries or if we're going against tempo, we we have to sub a lot. Um, that that could be problematic moving forward so I, I think we should definitely be um, cautious cautious there in the secondary um, it, it'll be interesting the Presbyterian only attempted nine passes so we weren't really tested there it, it's pretty much too early to say but as far as questionminster nine yeah he, he definitely popped um, obviously the interception as you mentioned but um, I, I think he's got has good height good good length he's a good rangy player I think uh, he's somebody who's a good athlete we could potentially put him um, in, in different situations on the field, and I think he can make an impact for us. So linebacker was an area where we were going to have some question marks after after losing Markel Lee uh, and Thomas Brown. So, you know, if Stranata can come in and make some plays for us, um, I, I think that could be very exciting because we're going to need some depth at that position. And then, um, you know, especially if he can make plays, you know, with his hands and create some turnovers, I, I think that would be, um, very exciting, I would not be surprised, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if he 's coming close to starting by, by midway through the year, the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and th- I don't know exactly the breakdown differences between the muck and the buy bi- or the, excuse me, the buck and the mic, um, but he is listed on the depth chart as behind Jabori Williams. I don't think he will supplant him, um, but I-, I could see him kind of taking over, it- assuming those two are fairly interchangeable. I could see him taking over for Grant Dawson or at least getting equal snaps and plays there. Um, Obviously, Grant Dawson is a former walk-on who has worked his way up to be a starter for Wake Forest, which is no small feat. Um, But when you see a guy like Stranod who has that kind of explosiveness, uh, he he needs to be on the field. So that'll be something interesting to watch. Um, Just kind of looking overall again, we we talked about a lot of the good things. Um, I want to touch on some of the things that kind of stuck out to me. Not as bad things, but just things that I was concerned about while I was watching the game and, and I guess subsequently looking through some stuff. But just kind of going in bullet point. I thought the run blocking was still a little bit iffy. Uh, It's kind of hard to tell, but I I want to see a little bit more dominance up front to see not guys getting in the backfield, getting hands on our running backs before two or three yards down the field. That's something that we have not done well the past few years, and that's another cause for concern in my opinion. Um, But obviously the passing game looked good. I thought the the running overall was fine, but I I did want to see a little bit more there. And on defense, it, it did just kind of feel like i think the line played pretty well and i don't know what it was exactly maybe it's just a change of pace from last year's top 25 defense but it just seems like maybe a step slower there's not that markel lee in the middle of the field there and once guys got past our defensive line i felt like there were huge gaps in the secondary and the linebackers before somebody would either run them down from behind or somebody who was not near the play would eventually go and make the tackle but to see a guy just explode out of the backfield even in our third and fourth uh string players i don't. I want to see that against Presbyterian I would assume that our third and fourth string players are much better than what Presbyterian has in there even their starters so to see that that many holes in the run defense I think the run running the football and stopping the run are still going to be two things that we have to continue to to work on and keep an eye on what uh, what did you see if anything that uh, beyond what I mentioned uh, stuck out of you as something that might be a concern moving forward
0: um I mean, honestly, I I think you you nailed it right there. I mean, those were my biggest biggest concerns in the, in the second half. It was definitely frustrating uh, to see Presbyterian move the ball, you know, somewhat somewhat easily on us. Uh, fail to see us get stops on third down, and uh, you know, one of the times we got lucky with a turnover um, where where they didn't score, but they were in you know in reasonable field position. Um, so. Those are things we're absolutely going to have to shore up because, again, while we're not going to play our entire second or third string at one time, um, there are definitely going to be times where we're going to have backup linebackers in, backup secondary players in, and we are going to need to make, we are going to need them to make some of those critical tackles um, in space um, to either get stops on on third down or to prevent. You know the run from from going the distance. So those, those are those are winning plays, and and we need them to execute in those situations. So, um, you know we'll we'll know a lot more after ap- after this upcoming game against Boston College. But uh, I definitely agree with you with
1: you know having some concern about those issues. Yeah, Ben, let's go ahead and move forward to look take a look at Boston College. This is uh, next week's game. The game will be at 1 p.m., and we, of course, are heading up there on Friday night, so we want to kind of extend an invitation to anybody that will be in the Boston area. Um, we're getting in kind of late on Friday night, but we will be tailgating from somewhere on saturday once we kind of get those details hammered out we will um send out a few tweets and uh maybe even write an article on it so that you guys can come meet us and have a beer and uh just chat with the bsd crew but I- i'm looking forward to that but this is a very very crucial football game and it just came out actually the boston college is going to be they open as a three-point favorite over wake forest which if you look at the advanced stats, I, I would have expected Wake Forest, even on the road against BC, to either be a pick'em or a one or two point favorite. Uh, my guess would be that will get betted down pretty quickly. Um, as much action as there is on the rivalry um, between professional betters, but but I do think there's some value in Wake Forest plus three there. Um, but Boston College got off to a good start. They defeated Northern Illinois 23-20 to uh, on Friday night. And Rob and I managed to watch a little bit of the first half there. Um, it looks like B.C. kind of pulled away late. They kicked a field goal with 2.30 remaining to take that victory. Um, but it, it's a good start to the year for Boston College, who is also looking to get to their second straight bowl game. Um, and they have a new quarterback in Anthony Brown, who went 26-42 for 191 yards, but just a 4.5 average. Per, per completions I um for him on the day and their running game didn't look overly enthusiastic either john hillman had 25 carries for 58 yards and he was their leading rusher as a as a whole they had 54 if you take out the sacks 172 so that's just over three yards per carry um but once again as with wake forest and boston college offense seems to be somewhat in question and the defense uh i know for boston college will be better than their offense and ours defense is still better than our offense despite the positivity that we just spoke about um, Rob, did you get any have any takeaways from either what we saw on Friday night, or just kind of the stats about Boston College, and w- what you think uh, your overall thoughts about the the game this weekend are? Just however you want to lay them out. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think you know, you, you know, good road win for BC. They did get a little unlucky. They did not have that one pass. Um, Pretty early on the game, over the top from Anthony Brown, forget the receiver, it was dropped. Could have been a touchdown there, so a little bit, a little bit fortunate. But I think if you, excuse me, you look at the stats, you see four and a half yards per pass for BC, as you mentioned, three yards per rush. Uh, I think that's very encouraging if you're a Wake Forest fan. I, I mean, I think you know that's a that's a place we can go, and if our offense does anything remotely resembling what we saw. Against, against Presbyterian, we get, we get some of that tempo going. We get Cam Serena back to, to where he's been in years past. He already had two touchdowns the other day. We get a Greg Dorch going. We get maybe a Chuck Wade going. We get our running game going with Harkin with, with Bird or Kay Carney. I mean, I think, um, and even if our defense is a little bit worse, I, I think this is a game that, that, that we, can, we can absolutely win. And I, and I see comments um, from Boston College's SB Nation blog, BC interruption, and, and one of the – they do a, a thumbs up, thumbs down. This is what A.J. Black does a nice job. One of the thumbs down is, is that the offensive line, that's the biggest concern going forward. Well, to me, uh, that's awesome for us uh, with the strength yep. being our defensive line. So, I think, you know, that I, I think that would obviously be, be reason for Boston College's offense to continue to struggle. So, uh, we'll see how that is. Obviously, they have a very good defensive line at well, so, so it can go both ways. Um, but I think this is, you know, I'm with you. I I would love wake plus three in that situation. And, um, you know, we, we can get to it, but I, I think we have a very good chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me, the biggest X factor, whichever team can block better, and this sounds obvious, but whichever team can block better is probably going to win this game. Uh, Harold Landry for Boston College is one of the best players, not in, just in the ACC, but in the country. And he's going to be a handful to stop getting in our backfield. And we've already noted what Forest's strengths are, and it's our defensive line. That is our best unit, and it's one of the better ones in the ACC, in my opinion. So if – bc is having problems on the offensive line or wakes having problems on the offensive line then it could be a long day for john wolford slash kendall hinton slash anthony brown for boston college because those guys are going to be living in the backfield and whichever team can kind of establish the run up front and uh just get any kind of blocking there is going to probably win the ball game but as with bc these games are always kind of ugly especially the last three or four years and it's kind of gone back and forth. They beat us last year. Um, we obviously won two years ago, the last time we played in Boston in the infamous three to nothing game. Um, but I, I think aside from maybe the football not looking uh, exactly like Michigan, Florida or somebody else like that, where it's going to be two juggernauts going at it, uh, it's going to be an ugly game. And that's OK. That's fine. Um, but but I think it's pretty entertaining because both teams need to win this game. I would say Wake probably with the schedule. This is a bigger game for Wake Forest um, as far as trying to get a get a road win and get get to 2-0. and If we want to reach six wins simply just because our schedule is very very difficult but i think it's going to be a close game and it's going to come down to who makes the least mistakes and uh or the fewest amount of mistakes i should say and if we can block up front then, then i feel good about our odds uh what do you think overall is, is going to be the, the biggest x factor in, in your opinion rob i think the biggest x factor in this one um is, is going to be either our
0: team's ability or Boston College's ability to, to generate big plays. We talked about Greg Dortch. He has the ability to do it. Arkane Byrne has the ability to do it. Um, you know, Sky Washington made a big big play. I don't think we talked about him, but he had a nice catch um, against Presbyterian. That's somebody who's had a really good fall camp. So I, I think in what's probably going to be a low-scoring game, obviously it, it can't get any low-scoring any lower scoring than the last time we played up there, unless it's, unless somebody wins with a, a damn safety, um, <laughs> then it, then it's going to come, it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to uh, some critical special teams, um, you know, going to need Mike Weaver to make field goals. He's been a very good field goal kicker for us. Um, so we'll see how, how that goes. Um, but I, I think another interesting X, X factor is this will only be Anthony Brown's um, second career start and, and Wolford, you know, Say what you want about him. Again, had a very good showing the other day. He's got a lot of starts under his belt. So if it comes down to it, I mean, I would really trust his experience uh, over anything. Even Kendall Hinn's experience, who, who started multiple games and played a, a significant reserve role um, many other times. So I, I think we're going to have an advantage at the quarterback position, and, and I do think we also have an advantage at the skill position. So hopefully we can connect on a few of those deep shots Um, and if we do that, I believe we will win the game.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think there's going to be a lot – uh, of big time plays uh, that that will decide this one where whether it's going to be on special teams or just that uh, a missed tackle somewhere uh, an opportune interception uh, but I feel confident in the in the team that we've got especially we're a very opportunistic team I believe and I think the threats on offense with Greg Dortch and Arkeem Bird they just give us that home run threat that we haven't had in a long time and I'm not I'm not trying to get really high just over the presbyterian game but watching greg Dorch play football is just really really fun and we haven't had a guy like him who just generates electricity in quite some time and uh he he kind of looks like a, a michael campanera to me he can do it all he can return punts well that that touchdown that he called um for the screen uh i think for maybe eight or nine yards out that that, that play should have been Blown up, but he danced around yeah, that was three like guys. Pinball. He
0: ran into five different players. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting play setup, and I would have to go back to watch it again. But it, like, I don't We had three guys right at the goal line, and we kind of just ran right into him. But he bounced off and was able to, to get in there. There's not a lot of guys on Wake's roster this year or in the past few years that can make that play. And I think in a game that's going to be this close, uh, when you have a guy like Dorch on special teams for punt return, where it's a home run threat, um, or a guy who can just catch a slant pass and just take it 80 yards just inexplicably, that is a huge turnaround, and especially when you have the uh, expertise and the experience that John Wolford has and the defensive line has we are very experienced in areas that you want to be experienced in which is the guys making the play or uh, the calls on the field if you're Wolford or just the, the point of attack on defense so yes offensive line still remains an issue but I, I feel very optimistic about this game against Boston College and despite especially being a three-point save uh three-point underdog I should say which um I, I thought was kind of strange given <laughs> given the analytics but we will see how that breaks down uh, do you have any uh final thoughts on boston college wake forest
0: um uh, no no final thoughts other than just again to to stress the huge and huge importance of this game I, I mean i think um just in terms of the the leverage on this game in terms of of, of making a bowl um it's it's unbelievably high um you know Definite swing game on the road early in the season, but I think it's 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 a great opportunity for us to help set the tone as well. You know, it could be very similar to to Duke last year, um, though we were less confident going into that one, especially after the two lane game as you mentioned where we scored seven points. So I, I think this is a great opportunity for us. I think, you know, I think it's encouraging. We we had a big bowl win at the end of last year, but we also had some some nice road wins when. When we pick up wins, at, at, you know, at Duke, so and, and at Indiana, so I, I think we're going to have the confidence. We know we went up there and won last time, and and yes, it's I think it's somewhat problematic. We lost to them at home last year, but uh, I will also say their motivation level. Motivation shouldn't be an excuse, uh, but it can be relevant sometimes. We had already clinched a bowl; they hadn't done yet, done it yet. So they were, they were sort of fighting for their lives there. So um, I'll chalk that loss up a little bit to that. Um, as well as poor offensive execution but um, you know I'm, I'm excited I think our offense has been very good but you know relatively speaking um, since Wolford since we've been able to get healthy and that was another great thing about the
1: Presbyterian game no major injuries
0: um, so I, I, I think that sets us up well at least for for this next week
1: yeah and it's I just I agree with you you can't stress enough how important this game is i think this when you're over under five and a half every game becomes important especially when you consider this is a toss-up game this is one that we probably have a win expectancy of slightly less than 50 percent but if you win it, you obviously get the full game so it's not that the game is not played on just percentages so um if we win this game then we probably get uh, we're looking at being more likely to hit six wins than not hit six wins which early in the season that's a huge game and just from a pure like standpoint of after Boston College we have Utah State for homecoming and then we go visit at App which is going to be a very emotional game I think for both teams if you're going into the Utah State game 2 and 0 that's probably going to be a game we're going to win or at least should win we'll be favored by I would guess a couple touchdowns, then you're looking at 3-0 and heading into App State, and, and that's a big game before we hit the ridiculous part of our schedule. Um, so if we can get to th- 3-1 and is the benchmark, 4-0 and is amazing. Anything less than that, it, it's going to be an uphill climb to get to a bowl game, and, and this is obviously a game that I think Wake Forest needs to win, and I'm not going to completely sell the season out if we lose this Saturday, but it, it makes it – into a very uphill climb if we do not take this one, uh, despite it being on the road against an Atlantic Division team. Uh, But regardless, it should be a pretty interesting game. These games against Boston College usually are. If not games that make you want to gouge your eyes out but it's, I think it's fun it's uh usually a two talented or two similarly talented team and I enjoy the the folks over at BC interruption so it's always a fun uh fun week leading up to that so um we will have a lot of discussion on that this week we'll do a and a with them and we will also uh, have our normal offense defense previews all that good stuff so stay tuned to blogger so dear for that um Kind of looking at the rest of our schedule here, we want to do a brief uh overview of what the other teams on our schedule did, uh, just kind of working our way through it a little bit. Utah State, they got up ten to nothing on Wisconsin and then uh allowed the next fifty nine points. So uh, they uh they were looking good early, but they wound up getting crushed to a uh top, I think, fifteen twenty Wisconsin team. Um so that's not overly surprising there. Maybe a little bit in the sense that uh they could You know, even key they got up ten nothing. Yeah, yeah. that, That that's that's probably something to note. I mean, that's uh that's somewhat impressive. And then continuing on, App State they got beat down by george i think there were a couple touchdown underdog but they were down 31 to nothing before they uh kind of tacked on 10 late points so that was that was a little surprising to me um other games that stuck out we watched a good bit of the louisville purdue game last night i thought louisville was going to blow out purdue and they they wound up wearing them down late but that, that game was very much in question which i think um does that make Louisville a more winnable game? Probably not, in the sense of oh, well, we're going from like twenty percent to fifty percent. But but it's one of those games that makes you kind of raise your eyebrows and say, huh, that's uh, maybe that game's a little more winnable than we than we think. Um, what other what For other this, news this did you terrible. see? Yeah, yeah, Purdue's not good, and I, even though they they might be on the upswing with their new coach, I have no idea. They've probably been on the upswing for like fifteen years. Um, they, that's not a game that Louisville should have been close with, especially with the defending Heisman champion um, or Heisman Trophy winner. What were some other games or news or injuries that you saw on the schedule for that Wake Forest takes on that uh, that kind of made you think about it or say, oh, that that's a unique score, or oh, that injury is going to hurt hurt them moving forward.
0: Yeah, well, well, I think uh, DeAndre Francois getting hurt. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I've missed something. The injury did not look good, um, based on my amateur, non-medical experience analysis. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's out for the season. I and mean, um, you know, obviously, a terrible thing happened late in the game when it was out of, somewhat out of hand. Um, by trying to come back against Banner, it was it was out of hand. But uh, that's a, that's a team we play in, in just about four weeks and. Uh, you know, again, very very low win probability going into that one already, um, but it 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 could help. It could make something somewhat interesting. And they only put up seven points. Obviously, Bama's defense is is really really good, but Florida State looked very bad on special teams, and, and the offense still left a lot to be desired. I think uh, Clemson looked like they could still be a national title title contender again. NC um, State. Uh, Doing what NC State does, they they badly outplayed <laughs> yep. uh, South South Carolina. I mean, they they outgained them by so many yards. Uh, that, I mean, they were just flat out better. You could tell they were more talented. Um, but they just give up big plays, give up the opening kickoff of their season. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait NC to, State wait crap. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that's the edited version for the podcast. We can't have that explicit saying next to our uh, our title on iTunes. Got to got to get all the hits we can. Got to keep a kid friendly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the takeaway. So I think honestly, you're looking at a number of games that are that are more winnable. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, very good games, So I didn't think that one was winnable anyway. But uh, and, and Duke did look good against North Carolina Central. Obviously, um, uh, not a very good opponent. But they were they weren't projected to. I think they were about a 40-point favorite, and they won by 53. So it could be somewhat problematic. And Syracuse looked good. So uh, with a number of these teams, we're going to have to sort of keep evaluating. Um, But, I mean, all in all, not an overly impressive opening weekend for a lot
1: of ACC teams, which, uh, you know, is good news for Wake Forest fans. Yeah, the, the ACC had about as, as bad of a weekend you could possibly have. I think we lost all the games that we were trying to win against big-time opponents, FSU. They held their own against Alabama. I mean, it, they just got worn down, and obviously the injury to Francois is, is not good. And that, depending on who can step up there, is going to be interesting to see. I, I am assuming that that will be a rather severe injury. He didn't put any weight on it, didn't try to do anything. And uh, I believe it came out of the Florida State camp earlier today that it was believed to be a pretty serious injury. That that is not good for them. That's going to hurt their chance at this season. Um, Louisville was probably the biggest surprise to me, honestly. I, I, Lamar Jackson I was obviously – obviously looked very good with his feet as he does. He made a lot of interesting decisions. And had it been against a better team, I think that could have capitalized on his bad throws and mistakes. Purdue could have easily won that game. There were many throws late that Lamar Jackson made that were just not good throws. So that's uh, something to continue to look forward uh, as well. I still think NC State's a very good team. And that, that's that's just an example of how anything can happen in a game like that or how a uh, take back a uh, kickoff on the opening Uh, play that that matters those things matter um and it was kind of a fluky game i think that win expectancy for state would probably be about 70 to 75 percent but unfortunately they won a game that uh that that they lost so i I don't think anything to look past state yeah they lost but they're, they're still a good team um other than that, I think everybody else kind of held their own or did what was... It'll be interesting to see. We don't play Virginia Tech this year, but they play West Virginia tonight. We do play Georgia Tech this year. They play Tennessee tomorrow night, and I believe they are also like Carolina going with the triple or at uh, quarterback. So it'll be fun to see who their quarterback is and see how they can handle Rocky Top. But uh, I think Atlanta's a game that maybe we could uh, hope to go in and steal. Maybe not as likely as the Boston College game, but if they're not up to par up to what um, their, their preseason expectations are, and that that's a game that suddenly becomes not more winnable, but just something that we could possibly win to get to that six win mark. So overall, I think it was a reasonable weekend for Wake Forest. We looked very good on Thursday night, as I would expect us to, um, and, and then that's a lot of the teams that you know maybe we thought were more not-winnable games become a little more winnable, um, so that, that makes this weekend even more important against Boston College, where, aside from being a huge rivalry game, uh, we, we need to win that to try to get to six oh, wins. It's, so, it's the rivalry game. the, the rivalry. rivalry, Not one of the rivalry games, but the rivalry. So, um, I think that's, that'll about do it for, uh, for what we've got here today. Like I said, we are, are all flying in. I believe uh, the entire BSD crew will be there. Uh, my brother Bart lives in Boston, so we will be out there tailgating We've already made some initial plans with some uh, guys that we've met up with before. Um, The tailgating in Chestnut Hill is not very standard or ideal is the best way to put that, I guess. Um, So that's why we haven't kind of picked a spot and hammered it out, but we will have the win the tailgate banner and we will have four or five people that are up there and probably about eight more that will join us. So we'll have a pretty good group there. If you want to swing by and drink a beer with us or uh, your non-alcoholic beverage of choice, we don't judge, but I will be drinking beer and probably some liquor. So, So it should be fun. We've got great seats, and I enjoy Boston College, even though the experience is a little bit different. Um, I think it's a a neat stadium, and Wake Forest and Boston College have always thought have fairly similar fan bases and expectations on things. So I think that makes games like this fun. Um, Rob, do you have any final thoughts about not maybe just Boston College game, but just the the weekend as a whole? Uh, Weekend as
0: a whole, again, just emphasize I think a lot of things Went, uh, went way fourth way in terms of what we're expecting to see. We'll, I will agree with you that Georgia Tech, definitely a winnable game. Um, and I'm excited to, to watch them play against Tassi, uh tomorrow night and excited to see what, what Butch Jones does to screw up a, a very winnable situation and yeah. continue to be life champions. But um, <laughs> yeah, very, very, exci- very excited about the tailgate next week. Um, excited to meet your boy, Stan Cotton on twitter phenomenal follow um great fan and i know i've been shamed into making sure i get uh that that banner up in boston so i will i'll put that in the carry on i'll check bags whatever i got to do to make sure we get that visibility get our footprint going up there even though there are no bojangles and there are bojangles commercials on up there
1: but um
0: yeah i think that's all i got
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we will have a lot of stuff coming out this week, like I said, uh, about the Boston College game. Also, stay tuned because I believe Ned and Wit are going to have a BSD Recruit um, podcast coming up shortly uh probably either Monday or Tuesday if I have heard correctly but they are trying to get either Jalen Horde on or maybe uh Sharon Wright Jr. on so that would be pretty interesting and I know most people would enjoy that but recruiting is, is looking very good and they've done a great job covering that and I think overall things are just looking up for Wake Forest Sports as a whole we're off to a flying start in men's and women's soccer uh we avenged our Uh, lost last year to st louis where we outshot them i think like 27 to 4 but lost one to nothing we outshot them 23 to 5 last night got the 4-1 victory and uh we head back home for a couple of games this week including the acc opener against louisville and uh believe it or not this week for our soccer team may be even better than last year where we literally tied for the national championship before losing in penalty kicks. so uh, if you're into soccer try to get out to spies and uh, uh spry and watch watch them play because uh both both teams appear to be pretty good this year um so they they usually have pretty good uh turnouts for that and they as far as teams and how good wake forest is relative to competition wake forest men's soccer is the cream of the crop right now in men's soccer they are very very good so if you like soccer you want to see college soccer then you need to go watch wake forest not just because it's your team but because they played damn good soccer so um other than that, I think we're, uh, we're off to a flying start here for not just the podcast, but all of Wake Forest Athletics. So we will uh, be back next week with another edition of Roll the Quadcast, assuming we can all get back in time on Sunday and the hurricane doesn't uh, knock us all out. But we will be here and we will take questions as always. But as always, we appreciate you listening and go Deeks. Go Deeks.